long while, actually. <laughs> it's been I, a while. I think the last episode that we actually formally recorded was a holiday episode right before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So we we're talking about our goal of like getting a fireplace up and running. Well, we didn't make that goal. It did. I mean, I did get it working, the, the actual fireplace, but it just flooded the house with gas, <laughs> natural gas. Yeah. And it felt a little unsafe, so yeah. It's like having a fire in the middle, middle of your living room floor. Which sounds pretty exciting. So, um, yeah, I mean, we I think we promised a second holiday episode, like a Christmas-themed episode, and that episode never came. I sincerely apologize, and I promise to have a Christmas episode this year. Feel free to write in with all your holiday-themed questions. I mean, so what kind of holiday-themed question are you looking for? I guess just, like, how do you navigate holidays in a dating situation? It's n- when you're not dating somebody, when you're newly dating somebody. It's not a uh, what's your favorite fruitcake recipe. It could be. Because I know some pretty fire fruitcake recipes. Okay. <laughs> so this episode, we have a couple of different topics. Um, I think I might have mentioned right before or maybe on the last episode, but uh, the goal moving forward, we hear you listeners the episodes were too long and it was difficult to listen to all of it at one time. I hear you listeners. So uh, we are actually going to drastically shorten the episodes, but Mm -hmm. in hopes of recording a little more often. So this episode, we have two topics. And if you don't mind, Kathy, I will jump right into the first topic. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, so um, to kind of set the stage a little bit, um, a 25-year-old that I know a few weeks asked, uh, a few weeks ago, she asked me, um, you know, I'm turning, I've just turned 25, I feel like I don't know much about dating, relationships, being an adult, what do you wish you would have known at 25 that uh that you definitely didn't know that would have made your life a lot better dating wise and relationship wise and it just made me stop and think like wow there's so much i have no (laughs) idea where to even start because you know the funny thing about uh when i think back to uh being 25 you think you know everything but you know very little Mm -hmm. like when i look back retroactively i knew nothing yeah we should ask some like 50 year olds what they wish they had known about dating when they were 30 and 35 but you know i mean wasn't i feel like that might be a little different because the dating world was different that'll still be interesting yeah valuable yeah it's like us asking an 80 year old for dating advice and it's like well you should date it that girl does one street over because that's like (laughs) all they knew Uh um so I think the first thing that jumped to mind for me when I was thinking about uh, what I wish I knew at 25 or what I wish I would have done differently was um, to not put as much stock into my dating life then. You know, I felt like um, it definitely like dating and trying to date and relationships was pretty overwhelming at that point. Yeah. And I had so many good things going on outside of dating. And, 
I can't even remember who I was dating at that point. I think I might have been in a relationship or it might have ended and it was about to restart or something like that. It was on and off again at some point during that period. Don't know if that felt during 25, but, you know, I, I feel like I just burned so much energy on it. Hmm. And what if I had put that energy to something else that was more productive? What kind of energy were you burning on it? Like, was it actually time spent dating and with partners or just time spent like thinking about it or talking to friends about it? Um, I think it was kind of the latter. So thinking about it and if I wasn't in a relationship, I uh, I was actually like um, thinking about how I could be in a relationship, mm-hmm. who I could be in a relationship with. And I guess I didn't understand uh, at that point that it's that it is okay to be single for a period, you know, like there's yeah, there's no shame in that whatsoever. And it's a good time for finding yourself and and doing things for just you. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, what what jumps out to you immediately? There's a second one that that comes to mind for me. But this is. So 25 is a really interesting year to think about because I was 25 when I got married. So it's really easy to, like, it would be hard for me to think about what my dating life was like at 23 or 28, but 25 is such an easy to think of year because of that. So I think the first thing that I wish I had known is that it did feel for me like a big shift from, like, college dating to what I considered at that point like grown-up dating you know and I very much felt like I was in this like grown-up relationship and I was like really confident that I was super mature and I totally knew myself and I really had everything figured out and so I felt like really good about that decision like really good about the decision to get married and I felt like just really sure you know, but I think what I wish I had known is that as grown up as I felt at 25, there's a whole new level of grown up that I feel now at 35. And I think I just wish I had understood more about what that would be like. Some things that I think about with that are like, you know, I heard advice when I was that age and getting married, like maybe you should wait until you're older to get married until you know yourself better. And I felt like, I know myself really well. I am myself and I have lived with myself my whole life and I know myself really well, but I wish that I had, I think the biggest thing I wish is that I had built an adulthood for myself as a single person before I got married, like built a career, built a life, you know, a life as myself that I then could combine with somebody's instead of like building that whole life jointly. Yeah, when I think of where I was at 25 and I, you, you know, you're talking about getting married. Yeah. Like, I can't even (laughs) imagine, you know, just knowing where I was mentally and compared Mm -hmm. to where I am now, seven years later at 32. Right. um, It is not even remotely close. And even 30 to 32, it's not remotely close. Um, Mm -hmm. That is a wild thought to me. The thing that's weird to me is that it didn't feel wild at the time, you know, it really didn't. I had a baby when I was 26, which is even crazier to imagine, but I really did feel grown up enough to make that decision. 
I think that that was like my first kind of long-term relationship that felt like an adult relationship. And I knew that I really wanted to be married someday. And I knew that I really wanted to have kids, mostly that I wanted to have kids. But I think that I wish I had experienced more adult relationships than just that one. So I would have had something to compare it to. Because I dated other people and I'd had other serious relationships, but none, I guess, like post-college, you know. Yeah, and I think um, that was the most valuable part of my 20s when I look back is like just the general dating. I I had a few long-term relationships that I was in Uh uh, during that period. And, um, you know, I mean, it's the standard 20s dating, but... um, even though they didn't work out in the end, I still took a lot away from them. And I think that's something else that I would want myself to know at 25 is that every relationship that you enter, Mm -hmm. well, maybe potentially everyone, but one will not work out. You know what I'm saying? Like everything leading up to, if you choose to get married, your marriage and if that does work out you know like that's an if as well but like just about every relationship that you enter will not work out which is a really kind of morbid thought to think about but then at the same time you know uh i think about the personal growth that takes place and Mm -hmm. and the learning opportunities and experiences and it doesn't mean that it is a failure because it doesn't work out And I really wish I would have known that younger because I I think of getting out of relationships and just feeling like, oh, man, I fucked up or I I blew this or something when it was just life that got in the way. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I think in a previous episode, we might have talked about all the different things that goes into um making a relationship successful uh-huh. so like the combination of time where you are mentally do those things line up location does that line up so there are like a million different things that need to line up for a relationship to be successful so um you know i i, I just think back about just the general feelings that i had after a breakup obviously you'll be sad but yeah. it was sad and sadness in a way of feeling like a failure. Hmm. I don't think I felt like that, but I do think that I felt like if I was in a relationship and I did feel really good about it and I was in love and I felt like this was my partner, I think it felt like that might be the only person I could have that with, you know? So like, I'm divorced now and I've been in a few relationships post-divorce, like a few long-term relationships post-divorce. And you can very easily like go out there and meet other people and find that again. You know, it's not like this is your only chance and you have to make this one work. And I think that's something I really didn't have a good grasp on at 25. Well, and, and I, I think the dating pool is a lot different for us now if we were to go back to 25 and 2018, as opposed to 25 in 2008 and mm-hmm. 2010, yeah, 2010, <laughs> uh, I had to do a math there. But uh, I mean, it, it, 
is a lot different just because of how dating has changed thanks to technology. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like everything, uh, the vast majority of dating has moved online. In I met some... my ex-husband online dating. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we had it then. Yeah, but it was different, though. Yeah, you know, it was different. It was, what, Yahoo? Yahoo. No, I didn't use Yahoo. I used Nerve.com. It doesn't exist anymore. Oh, Nerve. Yeah. Nerve, yeah. yeah. Jesus. It worked out really well for me in New York in like 2005 and 2006. Wow, Nerve. That turned into something else, and then that website is no longer. Okay. Yeah, Nerve, man. Um. Yeah, so I, I think the second thing that really jumps out to me that I would have wished I thought about more back then was reading into a situation better i would have had better intuition about a a situation to the extent of i think of certain scenarios and i think of certain people who were notorious for just like stringing you along for Mm -hmm. ages without much movement either way and i wasn't good at respecting my own time yeah and cutting cutting the bait and just saying okay cool you're lost you know Uh, but I think that was something that I gained with maturity and a little bit um, higher self-esteem and higher self-worth and understanding my own value all of that to me really ties into another piece of advice I have which is go to therapy even if there's not like any sort of crisis you're dealing with go to therapy anyway just to understand more about yourself and let me doubly chime in with a, uh, I, this is me swinging a hammer at every man that's listening to this and say, men, go the fuck to therapy as well. Yeah. Um, it is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength, you know, to admit that we, none of us are perfect. All of us have things that we can work on. I, I took a lot out of going to therapy and I credit it for uh, making me a better partner um, and so many different other things that are it's too extensive to even get into on the podcast nor do I really care to get into it on a podcast but still at the same time I think everybody would benefit from going to therapy in some form or another absolutely so I feel like we've talked a little bit about like what do you wish you had known about being in relationships, but what do you wish you had known about choosing partners? What immediately comes to mind is they don't have to like everything that you like. It's okay if you have different preferences and yeah. interests and things like that. I think what's really important is that that person is open to experiencing new things with you um i i think that is that's really big so you can have a new shared experience together um i i think back to 25 and uh, a person that i was dating around that period and i think part of the attraction oh there's a dirt one that just came to mind <laughs> Uh, but I think part of the attraction was that we had a lot in common in like the things that we liked, the kinds of music that we liked, 
the activity that we both participated in that was a big part of our lives and our early 20s and late teens um the so all of that and i thought that was good enough of a reason to partner somebody no that's good reason for someone to be a friend but not a partner so let me think about the qualities that i'm looking for in a partner as opposed to a friend those are much different things and uh those are things that definitely change as you Get into your 30s as well, you know? You're looking for... A, what you're looking for at 25 might be a lot different than 30, 35. Thanks to just yeah. being more mature. Right. Yeah, when I was 25, I thought that it was really important, like, how we spent our free time together. Like, do we like to watch the same kind of movies and go do the same sorts of things on the weekends and... Now in my 30s, I feel like that part doesn't really matter as much. It's important to have some things you like to do together, but you definitely don't have to have all the things that you like to do together. I think something else that... So I grew up with parents who got married really young. My parents got married when they were 21, and they were still married in their 60s. And they talked a lot about like how they made that work, like how it, how it was possible to meet so young but still stay so happy into their adulthoods and something that they talked about was well our values just really lined up and I heard that and it felt important to me but I think I was interpreting that differently at 25 than I do at 35 and so I think at 25 that looked to me more like do we line up politically that was very important to me at 25. And part of why that was so important to me was like, I was like newly politically active. Well, I mean, not that newly by 25, but I So you had already voted for George W. at that point, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, but, I mean, like, I grew up mostly around people who I strongly disagreed with in terms of politics and religious views. So finding somebody who I did agree with and those things felt really important. And that is what I thought it meant to find a partner who you agree with in terms of values. And I think now I do still want to agree with somebody politically, but when I think about values, I'm thinking more about like, are they respectful? Are they kind? Like how do they treat the people in their lives? Not like who do they vote for and who do they give money to, but like, how do they treat people is really what it comes down to. And that's what I'm looking for now. But I think in today's world and today's political climate as well, though, um, those political values play into, if we're generalizing things, how they treat others and yeah, what their values too. are. And, yeah. you know, because they, there's some things that align with parties that are deeply ingrained that tie over to things that have an effect on you. So I feel like there are certain values that are held that mean that they might have less respect for you. Absolutely. But if somebody whose political values do line up with yours treats you badly. And then they're just a shitty person still. they're just a shitty person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the the third thing that jumped out to me as I was talking was um, not getting caught up in the story or... What, what do they call it? Like the meat cute or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah. 
this is not on my radar at all. So tell me more about what you're uh, thinking with this. So uh, thinking back to that phase of my life, I got so caught up in, wow, this is such a cute story. Or this would be such a cute story when you think of telling the story of how you met that partner or something. So specifically about how you met. Not yes. even like the rest of the relationship, but just the meeting part? Um, it played a significant part. When I think of, I can think of several situations where, uh, going back to the second one, that I uh-huh. invested way too much time into just because we had a very uh, good story of how we met. How or, did you meet? I... Uh, <laughs> you don't want to get into it. That's yeah, weird. that that goes into a direction that uh, that's probably not podcastable in a small town. Uh, no, I mean not in that way, but okay. like it, this stuff it would be a dead giveaway to these people. So okay. uh, who were who may or may not listen? I don't know. That's awkward. <laughs> um, but you know, I I mean, just the standard stupid dumbass rom com stuff. Uh, think of that. You know, I. And the cat is meowing like crazy. The cat has been locked away just while we record because he likes to chew on things and I didn't want him to chew on the, the microphone cords or the, the Zoom. But um, but I, I think I really got caught up in, mm-hmm. oh, this would make a cute story. Huh. So let me invest way too much energy. So two and three yeah. play in together. I invested too much energy because I thought we had a good backstory. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, what else? I mean, what else comes up? Okay. Well, we have a a second question from a listener. And Kathy, do you want to take this away? Yeah, sure. Okay. I've been dating this guy for about three months, and it's been going pretty well. I like him a lot. But for the last month or so, he's made little to no time to see me on the weekend. He'll make plans with his friends and won't include me. We'll make plans to see each other once or twice on weeknights and maybe for one dinner or something on the weekend, and that's not really enough for me. I want to do things together during the day. Anyway, I tried to express this to him and that I'm not asking him to ditch his friends for me on the weekend, but maybe include me more, and it blew up. He told me I was undervaluing the time we do spend together, and then said I was making him mad for bringing this up late at night, so he dropped it and went to bed. I guess I don't really know what to do. I don't want to just fold and say sorry for asking too much of him. I could just break up with him, I guess, but I want it to work. So my immediate Ooh. my immediate response is dump him who cares. Yeah, it's 3 months, man. Like that's not even a full season of a TV show. Dump him. I Yeah. So that almost goes back to my last uh, my second point from the last topic. Mm-hmm. You're investing way too much time and energy into someone who's seemingly flaky and the, the bad yeah. time stuff is a red flag right. to me. It's I, an absolute red flag. This would be, I would answer this very differently if the person was just writing in and saying, you know, I want to see him more. But I think that the fight is to me like a dump worthy offense. Not necessarily like 
over the fight specifically, but just what it says about who he is as a partner and what it'll be like going forward. Like you have a need and you expressed it to him and you communicated probably clearly and like respectfully about it. And he blew up at you about that. That's not a good sign. So uh, that almost that thus tie back to something that you said too about personal values and dating and respect how you disagree with one another that that's a big sign of how much you respect the other person and i i can think in particular to uh, a past relationship that i had with someone who i definitely looking back she was not respectful uh, a good portion of the time and was only selectively respectful and Mm. One of the ways that it jumped out was how she disagreed with me. And instead of oftentimes talking about the topic itself, it blew up into something much larger, like, a, oh, I can never fucking trust you with anything. Ooh, you know, I can't yeah. trust you long term. This makes me right. think that we shouldn't get married over, like, some pretty insignificant disagreement to begin with i've had that too in a past relationship which sitting where i am now it takes all of my energy to not address that today like right now at this moment with that person because i think of that stuff as very Oh, it's beyond infuriating. It's so gaslighty. At least it was in my relationship. Very gaslighty. Yeah. Um, so in, in general with, with her, okay, so let's look at it from the lens of if she wanted to stay and she does truly want to stay, how can she make this work? Is there a way to make this work? No. You, I you think, think it's no. a hard no? Like, yeah, if this was like my friend or, I mean... Yeah, I think that that is enough of a red flag that, like, he's showing you who he is. You know, if you're just saying, like, hey, can we hang out more on the weekends and he blows up at you, how is he going to handle, like, more significant situations you guys need to talk through? And the second part of that, if you like each other, you will make time for each other. Yeah, what is he doing? Is he... Hanging out with his buddies. Yeah, yeah. But Which is fine. Like, if you want to see your friends, that's totally fine. But if one of you wants more time together than the other one, my advice in general would be just to communicate openly about it. And you did try to communicate openly about it, and he blew up at you. So I feel like that's your answer. So I feel like each relationship has uh, four different scenario checkboxes that need to be checked to be successful when i think of social social situations Uh you have to be able to enjoy each other apart so like enjoy your time apart as a couple aka don't spend 24 7 together Mm -hmm. enjoy your time apart enjoy your time together as a couple just one-on-one enjoy your time with your partner's friends and family and then reverse that they need to enjoy 
uh, their time with your friends and family as well. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they're not even close to checking off half of those. Yeah, I mean, really, I think to me it is like a deal breaker, absolute line in the sand that he's going to blow up at you for even bringing something up before bed. Like, who is this guy that he can't have like a 10-minute conversation before bed? That's like so self-important and so weird to me. You know, like if he's going to blow up at you for trying to communicate your needs and you are only three months in, this is not worth it. It is definitely not worth it. So hop on OkCupid, Black People Meet, whatever you want, and find yourself a new partner. Like, really? Yeah. One that's going to respect you and treat you better. So for this, let's let's take a little side conversation here for a second. Um, At three months, how, how are they going to break up? How, if if you were her, mm-hmm. what? how is that conversation going to start? I mean, for me, that conversation would have happened right there. And I would have said, okay, this isn't going to work. Goodbye. Shake his hand. And no, not, I mean. No, not even Honestly, a no, I'm not shaking his hand. I'm saying get the fuck out. So not a not a text. I mean, they were right there together. You know, if she like went home to think about it and then decided to break up, like how do I recommend they break up? Is that your question? Yeah. I don't think it matters. I mean, you're three months in. Like three months in, whatever, you can do whatever you want, I think. Yeah, I think uh, at that point, it, it is a conversation. I probably, depending on how much they've seen each other, from the sounds of it, how many times have they seen each other in three months? Three times a week for three months. Oh, three times a week? Yeah, they're that's seeing it? each other once or twice during the week and then once on the weekend. Okay. That's what she said. I feel like that's a decent amount. I mean, it's a decent amount per week, but it's only been three months. So, yeah, so they've seen each other, uh, okay, about 30 times. Maybe 30 to 36 times. We need to keep a calculator with us when yeah. we're doing these podcasts. I know. Yeah, it's 30 to 36 <laughs> times. So that's a, that's a decent number of time. It is, uh, yeah, it is. In a three months. Now times, that I look, yeah. now that I break it down that way, I'm, I'm wondering what she, like, what the number, what her preferred number is. And that's something, too. Maybe it doesn't line up. There are some people who I've dated in the past who are good with seeing you once every other week, once a month, or something like that. And that's okay, too. I think it is totally okay, and it's absolutely true that in some relationships, one person will want to see the other person more than they can or more than they want to. And that's something that usually I would say, like, talk about it. But she tried to talk about it, and he freaked out. So I mean, I, I he was. That's he, like a valid thing to have a discussion about or to be like dissatisfied with if there's two people and one person wants to see the other person more. Like, that's totally fine. But if you do try to talk about it and trying to talk about it leads to some weird fight and you're only three months in, uh, it's not worth it. Not worth it. Right. I, 
would say something different probably if it was like six months in or nine months in. I would say something different too if this fight hadn't happened. If it was just a discussion of like, how do you manage that in a relationship? But to me, the fight is just the line in the sand. If they if they even discussed it like grown as adults, sorry, let me clarify. Yeah. If he had discussed it, right. wanted to or been open to discussing it like a grown adult, mm-hmm. I think that sets a lot different. Uh, it sends a lot different message as well. Totally, um, totally. Which is incredibly disappointing for me. She wants to spend time with you. <laughs> and you're yelling at her. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry that you want to see me. It's nothing obsessive. It's not like they're hanging out five days a week and she wants to bump that to seven days a week. Right. She wants to see you more, man. Yeah. She likes you. Right. She wants to try to make this work. Right. And you're like, oh, don't don't talk to me before I, mean, I go to sleep. She's even saying, like, I'll come hang out with you and your friends on the weekend if that's what you're doing during the day. Like, she's not saying stop seeing your friends. She's saying, like, hey, I want to see you more. Would it work if I hang out with you and your friends? And another part of that, how can he not like talking in bed? <laughs> I mean, isn't that one of the most fun things, like talking before bed? I think, yeah, I mean, I think so, but I don't know what people's sleep habits or sleep needs are like. Maybe he has a condition and he needs to like, really focus on falling asleep or something who knows basically i think sounds fragile as fuck she handled this she handled this in a really good way you know like she's aware enough about the situation she knows what she wants she's expressing what she wants she tries to have a conversation about it that's really all you can ask yeah i i she she could not have played this any better and I think that's her sign that he couldn't even meet her halfway. She right. set it up to him on a tee and he couldn't do it. He couldn't even have a conversation. So I'm with you. This is a total deal breaker. Just just Dump cut him, him off. Yep. Dump him. Yep. He sucks. Move on. Absolutely. So with that, those are our two questions and topics for this week. Also, uh, feel free to uh, read, uh, what is it? The, read the like description, episode description. I'll have a link. It's been so long since I've gotten to the promotional side of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to remember how I close these things out. But uh, read the description of this week's episode, and you will find a link to uh, the show voicemail. So if you have a question, feel free to either text it. You can uh, email Twitter, uh, Facebook, whatever. Um, And there will be a link for you to submit your question. And who knows? You might just hear it answered live on the next episode of Swiped, a podcast about modern relationships. With that being said, I would always swipe right on you, lovely listener. You're making faces at me. (laughs) It's totally making faces at me. You can't hate the show motto. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, But just know I always swipe right on you, lovely listener. Thank you for listening. And tune in next time to a new fun episode of Swiped. Hopefully before the next holiday season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, It won't be six months next time, guys.